You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey, man, before we get rolling, speaking of rolling, let me tell you about Magnum P.I. It's being rebooted for new era. That's right. Why can't my wow. kids enjoy some Magnum P.I.? Yeah. Why deprive them of a new Magnum P.I.? Series premieres Monday, September 24th, after the season premiere of Big Bang Theory and Young Sheldon on CBS. Go to cbs.com slash shows slash Magnum P.I. or facebook.com Magnum P.I. C.B.S. for interviews, trailers, and clips. Does break my heart to see that Ferrari destroyed in the trailer. Uh, but other than that, I was going to say, do you think they get rid of that Ferrari? Then he pops into like a new California, and then also, what do they do with the helicopter? Does he get a new Bell Jet Ranger, or how does that work? It's all being upgraded. <laughs> Jay Hernandez has the Thomas Magnum swagger you loved, and uh, Weeks. Uh, sorry, uh, Weeks is her last name. Perdita. I think is her first name, is Higgins uh, for the new generation. And uh, it is Magnum P.I., executive producer from Y50 and all that good stuff. So yep. uh, Magnum P.I., series premieres Monday, September 24th on CBS. All right, here we go. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get on mandate. Get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. We love that about you. Right, uh, Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea? Yeah. Thank you. I've been sitting here looking at uh, car prices. Why don't you... uh, Mystery Mura prices, because we like to gawk. Yes. (laughs) We're going to uh, discuss uh, many things in today's show. Uh, one of them will be the uh, Leitzinger Z car. Yeah. People are curious about. I posted a photo and people are like, tell me more. Well, I will, or I'll tell you as much as uh, I know. First, I'll tell you about uh, Zybar Carcast brought to you by uh, Zybar for better engine performance, horsepower, fuel economy, and lower underhood temperatures. Zybar ultra thin, high temperature coating reduces radiant heat by 90%. But Zybar on. Take heat off. Learn more at ZYCoat, ZYCoat.com, Z-Y-C-O-A-T.com. All right. Uh, let's see. The uh, Lightsinger car. Yeah, we're talking about off the air. You took a picture. You sent it out there. I think the radiator showed up today. Oh, yeah. I saw them working on it. Big excitement. Sean <laughs> uh, uh, was in early this morning. He was test fitting it, put the hood on, just in the height. Yeah. Jose's over there welding up the cross member. I don't know that much about Light Sanger or Light Singer. It's, it's pronounced in a weird way. Um, they they raced. Well, look, you look, you take a deep dive, Max Zapata, into uh, Light Singer uh, racing. Um, I believe they started off with Datsuns and they got into the Zs and I, at some point I think they graduated past that into GTP stuff or, or whatever stuff, Daytona stuff or whatever it is. Um, How did this car come to be? Is this one of these ones that less found these like you should buy it because it's something and you said sure or or you were familiar with Lightsinger already? I kind of knew Lightsinger. Um, again, it's a kind of a thing where, well, you think Bob Sharp when you think about Z cars, and then you think about uh, 
BRE, and you should be thinking about electromotive, which many people don't think about, but electromotive sort of dominated in that world. And then right underneath that, there's like the second tier stuff, which is like a Devendorf. Yeah, Devendorf. Well, Devendorf was electromotive. Okay. Uh, Lightsinger wasn't. So the Devendorf brothers were electromotive. Electromotive is, is really interesting if you guys want to take a dive into the Z car world. And I think they started what, what, what electromotive did is they, they started with, uh, like, B210s and maybe got into 610s or 710s and then got into Zs and then got into crazy turbo Zs where they were like taking a straight six and slanting it on its side Mm -hmm. and putting crazy electronics on it because I think they come from aircraft and aircraft electronics and engineering. So they start going crazy on their Zs. then their Zs were really dominant, and then they went into GTP, and their GTP stuff was super dominant. But people don't really fully appreciate the electromotive yeah. brand. Um, but as this stuff wore on, or as this stuff wears on, the second-tier stuff becomes valuable and interesting and has its own stories, too, like the different drummer 510 yeah. that I have. And the Lightsinger car, or even in the past, the uh, Fitzy car, Z car, things like that. Like, maybe not the top, you know, I guess if it was, you know, if you went sneakers, it'd go, well, it's not Nike, and it's not Reebok, it's not Adidas, but there's still a couple other Pumas or New Balance or something, a couple others out there that are kind of interesting brands. Yeah. And um, K-Swiss. That's what the light singer <laughs> yeah. would be. So um, this Z car I got, I don't remember why. I just remember I like Z cars and I like them in that trim with the flares, the 280ZX. The stuff that's coming into vogue now, the yeah. 280ZX with the flares and the valances and everything. And at some point, one came up for sale and it was completely done. But it was completely painted and everything, but it was all bondoed in, like had tons and tons of bondo on it. Uh, and we realized the bondo was like 50 pounds of bondo on the body. And we just realized it wasn't done right. So we just ended up taking the whole thing apart and basically taking a finished looking painted car down to a very unfinished looking uh, sort of vessel. Max Pato, do you find any Lightsinger stuff in there? No, I haven't. Bob, and, is it Bob Lightsinger? Yeah, it's Bob. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's still around. I think yeah, I he's still around. Him. You, you just, uh, you can tell he's a car guy because the website is awful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it looks like it was made in 1990. It's, yeah. it's pretty bad. Hey, don't knock the 90s internet. <laughs> there it's where Matt there. made his bones. That's right. Um, so, what is the Lightsinger <laughs> thing? It, he, there is, they're a little light and loose on the information on the history and stuff with him because I looked it up the other day as well, and it was just like it wasn't like a ton of of stuff up there. There's um, another 280ZX out there that Jim Fralla built that's a Lightsinger car as well that right. we see at the races. See, Jim would probably know. It'd be nice if our buddy Steve Yeager from Nissan was around because I feel like he's a, he's an encyclopedia of that kind of information. Mm-hmm. You know, and even Pete Brock probably raced against him. Well, there's got to be something in um uh, there's probably something in uh sports 
car racing or sportscarracers.com or racingsportscars.com, which is another horrible website terrible. that has all the information, but it's terrible. I've even made donations to them before. Like I'm like, I get so much information from you guys. Do they do they allow you to end, uh, add a note with your with your twenty dollars? Your please note would be get please your shit together. Fix all of this dare nonsense. It's a hundred dollars, twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, that was the biggest donation they ever got. Is your hundred bucks? I'm sure. I I love this website, but it's just it's well. You don't love the website. You love the information. Love the information. It's the only place. I don't know where to start. As soon as I go to the website, I don't know where to. I don't know where to start. Right, and if you try to hit manufacturer or or driver, whatever, you get one letter in, and then you don't get to finish the name. <laughs> yeah, it just gives you a thousand other names that start with a P, and then you're done. Or if you want to type in, oh. want to type in Datsun, you get to put D in, and then every other car that Daimler Benz comes up there, and you <laughs> yeah. can't type, finish type. Why won't they just let you type in what you want to type in? I have no idea. I'm scrolling through the list of drivers with an L. Yeah, you can't type in Lightsinger. You can only put L <laughs> and then every single other driver. that. And you, by the way, worldwide, yeah. you'd be surprised how many drivers have a last name that start with an L. The whole time you're talking, I'm still at L-A. It's literally <laughs> thousands of guys <laughs> whose last names start with an L throughout oh. driving history. At the bottom, it just said more. I scrolled all through that to get to the more button. Max Pat, I want you to fix their website. All right. Uh, what do you got, Max Pata? Um, on Lightsinger? Yes. <laughs> I know, I, I didn't Just know if, in life? I didn't know if you're moving on. There's, I really have nothing. Like it, There's nothing on, on the company. I'll, I'll show you the website. No, I don't want to see the website. Bob go, Lightsinger. Go like, no about that. I, mean, I emailed Bob. Just and I asked if he wanted to call. Yeah, I emailed him already and asked if he wanted to call. Yeah, you want to call Just, and explain? Well, thank you. But go, you got to go to racingsportscars.com. Com okay. or whatever, then you Bob can look Light up the Lightsinger. What I found was uh, some of his spec sheets here, you know, from, from this website. Uh, from 64 to 67, did some racing. Then in 76, and then 79 to 94, uh, 158 events. Uh, let's see. We've got two wins, four second-place finishes, five third-place finishes. Uh, All right, Maddle. Uh, sorry, yeah. Max Paddle will look it up. We'll we'll yeah. find out. But and then he, it kind of stops. Then he was like with, a picture of a car, and then that's it. He was with Z's, and then he got, he graduated into bigger stuff. I think at some point, as I as yeah, I recall, two forties, two eighties, three hundreds, and it says an Elan, and then a uh, Firebird, and then a uh, two eighty again. So different types of cars. But so there's not a, so, not a lot of his stuff floating around out there. But um, but mostly it's a cool car. Mostly it's a cool car. It's got a good schemes, white and kind of a kind of royal blue, and it says Lightsinger on it, and it's out there. And we're working on it, and it's in house, and we're just uh, chipping away. We have the 280ZX. It's a naturally aspirated car. We have the other Newman GT1 championship car, which we're plotting away on and making some progress. Yeah, uh, that's basically the second the 1986 year that that newman won in that car and that's up on the dolly and we're, we're sort of chipping away at that uh simultaneously and we're just uh we're chipping away yeah um we uh we have uh events coming up ren sports uh coming up we're excited <clears throat> about that i'm excited to see 
all of the cars. I think uh, Rob looked it up. I think there's going to be about 250 cars there plus, but uh, the elite of the elite, you yeah. know. The thing about Porsche, you know, when you do the Monterey Historics or, 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 or other events, but the Monterey Historics, they'll go, all right, there's 550 cars. And you go, that's cool, but I might only be interested in about 150 of the 550. Now, I'm not saying the other ones, you know, there's the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang sort of class that we're not that interested in. There's a couple of pre-war classes that we're just not that interested in. To be um, fair-minded, there's some modern stuff out there that we're not that interested in, late 90s, early 2000s stuff. Like, all right, that's newer I appreciate it, but we're not that interested. We have a sort of a sweet spot we're interested in. And you know, some of the stuff in the 50s is cool, but it's not really our, our bag either. So you can kind of take 500, 550 cars, and you can just back out about half of them. Yeah. And we're just not that interested. And they're just kind of taking up space for us walking from place to place because we're walking past the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang section yeah, yeah. to get to the cool section for us. So it strikes me that Rensport you know, and all Porsche not really going to have anything before the 50s um, that I can think of. I mean, What year were their tractors? Because they are racing the uh, tractors. They are racing tractors. They are okay. racing the Minus tractors. the yeah. tractors. I don't think they're going to have anything pre-1950. Yeah. You know, it's all going to be mid-50s with the 550 Spiders and yeah. that kind of stuff. And then, once we get past that, we're into our 911s, our tur- I, turbos. and our- walk around and feel like, just sort of realize what a noob I am is when it comes to Porsches because everyone there will know every little detail about every one of those. Uh, but it'll be interesting to go to, for sure, and uh, to get to your uh, 935 out there and and uh, and run it around. So that'll be good. And there are going to be some outstanding cars there. I mean, there just has to be. I talked to uh, Bruce Kenepa like a few times, and he's it's been telling me about everything he's been curating for there and the classes that are running and what he's got on display because he's kind of spearheading putting on the event. I'm not sure exactly what his title is in this, but it kind of feels like his event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it should be good. It should be interesting. And uh, uh, speaking of cool cars that we like our uh our episode three of our motor trend video is up of uh of our adam carolla goes racing although mm-hmm. in episode three we don't go racing right we uh we toured the bonhams auction and uh made kind of a fun video of us checking out a few cars i think we check out uh aston martin db6 mercedes 190 and i want to say a 575 ferrari Mm-hmm. Could be a right? 550. I can't, Could I be can't a 550. recall. I think it's a 575. Uh, anyway, so we're going to go walk around, check them out, chat a little bit about them, and then just take a guess. Take a guess. It's a little like, what was the show? What's my car worth? What's, yeah, yeah, my car? Kind of like that. It's but, a lot like that. But uh, <laughs> it's almost exactly like that. <laughs> uh, except we just literally just walked in and 
shoot the shit and take a guess. Yeah, we do take a guess. These are all honest guesses. And you'll know they're honest guesses by how far off yeah, we often some, are. Some of them are going to be wildly wrong. <laughs> no way would it would be Cook. Or I'm like, no, no sale at a buck fifty, And it's like, sets a new record at over $200,000. Yeah. So you know some of them. I'm not yeah. getting any inside baseball information before I make that guess. No, this was fun to do. Not a lot of prep. <laughs> not a, <laughs> not lot. a lot of prep, but I thought it was fun to do. We're going to do another episode of this for next week, and uh, we've been talking about, like, why can't we turn this into some sort of TV show or put this out there in longer form? I think we'd like to do that. So. I'd watch me. <laughs> would you? I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. You mean, would I watch you? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't. Yeah, no, okay. that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Max Battle, what do you got? Deep dive uh, into uh, it is, Bob it is a deep dive. I mean, because his son Butch is actually the one that's that's taking all of his Google SEO. Oh, that's right, Butch is, is yeah. So racer. Butch, is, yeah, Butch is a lot more prominent on the internet. Uh, deep dive, Bob Lightsinger, seventy nine, uh, two wins, uh, most frequent makes. He, he Nissan two forty SX. He drove the most a two eighty ZX next a three hundred ZX. So I guess I have one of his maybe two or three. Obviously, there's another one. We've seen it at the yeah. track. Maybe so one we don't know much history of the car. We have to kind of link up when did he run the 280, and then what's the history of the car. I'd say click on 280 on that website, but you can't. No. So now you have to go through another direction. You have to find 280. It is the longest. <laughs> there, uh, But there are no other websites that have this no, information. No, so you have to and, just... And a lot of the information is there once you find it. But you can't click on... Bob's name, click on the 280 that he drove and get the history of that car. You need to start all over again. Yes. Yeah. What's it cost to build a website like that? I mean, you've seen the website. It's, it's you were a, in the a business. Lot of, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of data, and it's just, uh, uh, you know, these days there's probably a lot of different uh, uh, tools to make that a little bit easier. I'm not sure when this started out there, but I think it could be done. All right. Well, we're just the guys done. to not do it. Yeah. So uh, you can go to uh, motortrend.com. Go to motortrend.com slash Adam. You can see stuff up there. Also, we got a little promotion going on if you guys want to subscribe to Motor Trend. I think if you go to motortrend.com slash redeem and type in promo code Adam, you get 30 days of Motor Trend On Demand for free. Oh, really? Yeah. And you can nice go to uh, Channel 501 on Pluto TV and check out uh, yeah. our streaming channel at Chassis there. Lots of good stuff up as well, showing the movies and, and all that uh, good stuff. And there's a lot of good – if you're into the gears, there's a lot of good stuff uh, on Pluto. I mean, you know, the the um, Indian Wrecking Crew and uh, the 12 O'Clock Boys and all that kind of stuff. And uh, one narrated by Jay Leno. There's a lot of really good-looking – stuff up there if you want to if well obviously if you're listening to us you're into you're into cars pretty heavily you can uh, get that app I'm, i think i think you can get that app on your mobile device like your ipad or your phone if you just want the pluto app to watch that stuff you can do it all right what do you got for wrangler uh wrangler yeah everyone's got a favorite pair of jeans that fit perfect and always look great and no one knows this better than wrangler wrangler jeans they're made for the modern day adventurers whether you ride a bike a bronc or a skateboard these are the jeans for you. They have classic and modern styles and a range of fits and a price that works for you as well. Plus, they have vintage re-releases. 
If you visit Wrangler.com, you can check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, and outerwear for both men and women. They have new styles. They have great fits. Wrangler, real comfortable jeans. All right. Uh, let's see. You got some emails up there, uh, Max Pata. Yeah, and if anybody wants to write to the show, email carcastshow at gmail.com. And we'll All answer right. them on, a- on the air. This comes from Jeff. He's from Virginia. He says, hey, guys, love the show. Any updates on the SEMA Z build with that rare Nissan power plant? I haven't heard much else about it. I know you're super busy and some projects have to wait. I was just really excited to hear about this one. Okay, so here's where we're at uh, as of when we're recording this in terms of uh, the builds and the things that we're doing. Uh, We have the 935 Porsche not taken apart but somewhat taken apart there's some suspension stuff some caster and camber stuff there are some isolators as sean would call them the rear half shafts go through this big rubber donut like the size of uh three bagels um (laughs) it, it, it comes around it's about seven inches around and it's a big rubber isolator i'd call it that would go or sean calls it that goes between the transmission and the half shafts into the hubs and the bolts go all the way through it and it just basically creates a joint uh there anyway the existing ones were kind of cracked a little bit sean was worried about them so we found some and now that's why those half shafts are out they're uh really cool looking i don't know titanium Whatever. Yeah, the half shafts. We're trying to track down some U joints, some new U joints for it as well. Are we? Yeah. Oh, Sean doesn't like the look of the uh, other ones. So yeah, we're, he said they were used. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're we're that car is getting prepped uh, to go to Rensport. Uh, the Lightsinger Z is being worked on. The uh, eighty six Nissan GT one car is in about the same shape, uh, maybe a little further along. Uh, there is a BRE 510 that's an authentic BRE 510 in yellow and white. You guys can find pictures of it. Privateer car that is in some position to get, you know, it's in it's in primer, let's just say, and needs everything put on it. Yeah. And uh, seems kind of ready to go but that i mean that's that's a process that's going to take a little while so there are three cars that are basically in various states of of disrepair that are already on kind of the 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 gimbal yeah ready to go sort of in the queue ahead of (laughs) ahead of a sema build yeah the sema build z car i am excited about it is sort of out there i i i am pumped about that crazy uh, twin turbo engine going on there with the big bespoke intake and and plenum and and just the, the whole thing the crazy engine from the past which i believe will make it the coolest z build ever and sean's into it and i'm into it and everyone's into it but it's just there's so much going on and there's things ahead of it in the queue as you said that i couldn't see us starting for at least a year yeah uh, the other cars, the problem, uh, not the problem, but the part of it from a sort of business standpoint is 
the other cars have a value. The other cars, you can justify, rationalize, or whatever, a uh, hundred bucks an hour going out the window with a couple of guys going at it because you can say to yourself, when they're done, the car will be worth more than whatever I spent to get it into this state. Yeah. Um, the Z car, and nothing's getting sold, so it's sort of academic just in, in, in my mind. I don't have any problems with guys working on stuff that I'm going to pay them a quarter and I'm going to get a dollar back from that quarter I pay them. Uh, not that they're not getting a quarter. They're getting plenty of money, but the car will be worth plenty of money yeah. when they're done. And I can kind of justify that as sort of a business model. Uh, but what I can't do is just these sort of wholesale builds. Like, I just yeah. feel like that's kind of me indulging myself. It doesn't feel like well, it, much of a, a plan. It's an exciting idea, the SEMA bill, because uh, – because, um uh, it is that it's kind of like it's the everything I want it to be Z car one day, but you know the and it it allows you to be much more creative on it because all the cars you're talking about now these race cars are they're sort of how was it back in the day let's build it back to the way you know Pete Brock did it or the way you know Bob Sharp did it or or Lightsinger did it and you're building it back based off of the research the SEMA car is fun because you can say I'm doing whatever I want. And right. now you can use all your own ideas. It's just it's a little bit tougher to get to that to that point, you know, financially <laughs> in your head <laughs> yeah. to justify that kind of build. But well, it, it would be fun to do. I think it, that car would definitely be worth something when you're done. But how could you ever sell that car with that super engine in yeah. it? But it, it, it'd be awesome. I don't know. Maybe we can find some sponsorship or something. <laughs> I don't know. Someone who wants to get involved with that. That it, it's. It's a killer idea because it's a 280ZX, which I love the platform of. Most people don't do those. It's obviously a little boxier than the than the Z, the 240Z. But with that engine in it, just unbelievable. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. And the great part is always the story. People are going to think you put a small block Chevy in there, and they're going to have no idea that it's a small block Nissan that's in there that was yeah. also part of it. And it's, it's not from a tr- modern truck. It's yeah. from the original. It's car. super rare. I mean, even pulling that engine apart and rebuilding it and figuring out what's going on on the inside and building it back up. And, and the, the, you know, the manifold that you talked about that intake manifold where the turbos go up to, it's very, very tall. We'd have to probably fab up some sort of dry sump system and lower that engine down, but obviously not too low or the, you know, it, it's got a, the transmission's got to line up. Like it's going to be a, it's going to be a chore. The original car has a dry sump system on it, as I do recall. So that would be one of those things where you would want to run a dry sump system because that's how that engine was originally built. Maybe we can push it back more into the firewall, do sort of a center front mid kind of thing with it. Yeah. The original actually... If you look at the original... On the race car. On the race car. Sorry, I keep saying the original. On the race car which we have, it is pushed back pretty yeah. far. Yeah, that's that's an interesting car because it's basically a tube-frame car. So they put the you put the dash wherever you want it. They start with the chassis and the engine, right? You put the engine where it needs to be weight-wise as best you can, and then you kind of build around it. it it'll be interesting to, to do and still make the yeah. interior look. What paint scheme would you do on it? Would you do it like the original car, like the I, Bob? 
I don't know. I mean, sharp, the, not light singer. Well, one of the uh, one of the big questions would be is. Do you want it to look like a street car or do you want it to look like a racing car? Mm-hmm. You know, um, do you go with, like we talked about maybe doing like the singer of, of, of Datsuns or Nissans, right. right? Yeah. So do you go with, do you go with a nicer kind of I, as I, best I, you can make I, interior? Here, here's what I think. I think all of the stuff that's racing inspired looks better than the street version all all the time every time but the question is is what era are you going for so like on the outside of the car you might want to have center locks rather than lug nuts yeah okay that's a racing thing but it's a good looking yeah, thing yeah. um on the inside when you take a look at like singer stuff or some other stuff you go, well, this is a little more civilized. It's not sheet metal everywhere and a roll cage and no passenger seat. But it is reminiscent of the race cars from the 50s and the 60s. You know, when you put your head inside uh, Nick Mason's GTO, it, it, it's got a dashboard. It's yeah. got a seat. It, it, it doesn't – I think it has a passenger seat. It, I can't recall, but many of those cars did have a passenger yeah. seat. You know, it's got a spare tire. Like, it, it feels – you could drive it to the track and then go race and then go drive it home. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's not – you know, it doesn't have a headliner, although it might have a headliner. Like, it, it's kind of – if you go Porsche, you go Ferrari, you go whatever – as you cross from the 50s into the 60s into the early 70s, a lot of those cars did look like kind of street cars. Yeah. You know, a lot of those cars, like Porsche, American cars, you know, you go look at a racing Corvette. It's got a Corvette steering wheel on it, like yeah, from yeah. the factory. Yeah, and there and there are there there is sort of this hybrid middle ground between, you know, the you know, the the Mercedes interior versus the racing car interior, you know. Uh, you know, you, you pop your head into, you know, a Bodie Stroud car, Ring Brothers car, and you'll see, you know, nice, good leather seats with a roll cage, you know, and yep. a dash. You know, it, it'd be interesting. We'd have to really, like, put it out there and sketch it up and come up with some ideas for it. All right. Let me tell you about Evan's coolant. Ah, the water and your coolant rust corrodes metal. Has a low boiling point. Builds pressure inside your cooling system, causing boiling over and burst hoses. Hey, why would you do this? Like now that we have full synthetic, why why go why go mixed? Yeah, you know what I mean. Why not just go with full synthetic? Or we always talk about your rear end, your transmission, your crankcase, all the braking systems, hydraulic systems, clutch. There's no water mixed in with any of that. Yeah. Why why are we mixing the water in with the radiator? trying to get the water out get the water out man on the racetrack you do not use any water in there uh evans waterless coolant developed the only waterless coolant on the market and it is the best learn more at their site evanscoolant.com slash fight back that's the evanscoolant.com slash fight back to fight back against the water in your coolant it's evans coolant and uh mike uh, torville is on uh, line two he's from Evans, we'll talk to him. Mike, am I saying Torville correctly? That's correct. Yes, I'm here. Yep. Good to speak to you. Uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Suffield, Connecticut. 
Is that is that the uh, home of Evans Coolant? It is the home of Evans Coolant, although it's manufactured in Pennsylvania. We have a blender out there in Pottstown and um, a warehouse, a blender in Stroudsburg and a warehouse in Pottstown about five hours away from here. It's funny, we all grew up sort of dumping water into our radiator or and then dumping, mm. you know, antifreeze into the radiator and then mixing the water with the radiator and then sometimes yeah. just forgetting about it, just taking the hose and putting it in the radiator. Right. But, I, but as I just went through the rear end, the transmission, the now even shocks with oil in them and, and braking and every other system in the car, there is no water involved. How What? What took so long? <laughs> and how long is it, or maybe it didn't, how long has Evans been around? Well, Evans is, we've been really marketing this coolant for, strongly for the past 10 years, since 2009, although it's been around for a while. Um, it wasn't, uh, it was sort of had, had a cult following because it was used in racing. It uh, wasn't promoted much. Um, Jack Evans uh, and Tom Light didn't really, it's a small company, and didn't really promote it very much up until around 2009. So now we, you know, we looked at a heavy-duty market for a while because you know a lot of the trucks and heavy equipment could use the waterless coolant. But, but I think we've sort of found our niche here with um, high rods, muscle cars, classic cars. Whether it's for for preservation purposes or performance, it works really well, and it it really goes beyond the capabilities of water-based coolants in a lot of different ways. Added- Tell us about that. Like, how, what's the advantage of of Evans waterless coolant? Well, you know, you, you talked about water and water not being used in some of these other fluids, but if you think about it, the coolant's job is, is to transfer heat, right, away from the metal, keep the metal temperatures under control. But, uh, and nothing's better than that than water, despite it's been used for so long. But water has its drawbacks, right? I mean, water, as you mentioned, it causes corrosion, electrolysis, and you're always fighting against those things. Um, whether it's additives, changing out the coolant periodically to make sure that your cooling components, your radiator isn't rusting out and pitting and degrading over time. But I think the bigger differences uh, with Evans is its high boiling point. Uh, without the water, the boiling point of Evans is 375 degrees. That's much higher than the boiling point of water at 212 um, so you think, okay, well, water's good. Water's the best hand, uh, heat transfer liquid you can get as long as it remains a liquid. Once it stops being a liquid, turns to vapor, all bets are off. I mean, vapor doesn't transfer heat very well, you know. Right. Um, whereas with Evans, because it remains a liquid well past that point, I mean, past the failure point of, of water or water-based coolant, it stays liquid. You always have liquid-to-metal contact. You don't have vapor pockets forming. You don't build pressure. Um, and so you always have heat transfer capability. So it's always doing its job. Yeah. Even when, the, when job, the engine yeah. is, is, is heating up, you're Correct. sitting in traffic in your vintage car and it's heating up. At least you know it's still doing its job. Well, I, right. I, anyone who's pulled a water pump off and taken a look at it after <laughs> you pull it off and you see the inside of it and it just looks like it was at the bottom of a lake for a long period of time, <laughs> I, I imagine most of that is by the water in the system and not the coolant in the system. But it, it, I, I'm not an expert in this this field but if if i ran evans and then pulled the pump off after five years and looked at it i imagine i wouldn't see all the corrosive stuff in there yes 
You're right. You wouldn't. Unless, you know, what happens over time is, you know, with any coolant, especially Evans, you know, it's in there and it begins to scrub out some of that old scale and metal deposits that, that build up. So you may have a little bit of that in there. Um, because with water, you have those, those scale deposits and, and metal that degrades over time. And you have, you know, if you don't change your coolant out over, you know, periodically, too, that'll happen. But you're right. With Evans, if you put Evans in there and years later you opened up and looked at the water pump or the radiator, um, you aren't going that the thermostat, you know, where you often see that, that corrosive effect right. over time, it won't look like that. It'll look like the day you put it in. Um, I'm, that's why a lot of museums and collectors use Evans. Is there is there anything you can't put it in? Like, is there any motorcycles or diesel trucks other than, let's say, a Jay Leno steam engine car? Hold on, I got a nine thirty five. So I'm going to cross myself off that list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you 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 mentioned Jay because he's got it in several of his cars, and you know he's got it. He's had it in his Duesenbergs and some Bugattis for oh almost twenty years now, and that coolant looks like it did the day it was put in. Um, but to answer your question, is there any vehicles that you, you don't want to put it in? Well, some of the, the modern vehicles are difficult because they're complex. You know, it's difficult to drain out the old coolant um, and put it in. So sometimes the installation's tough. And if you have narrow passageways or a double or triple pass radiator, it's restrictive in terms of flow. And so you, you may find that the coolant will do its job. It'll just get a little warmer, you know. So, because if if the coolant's held longer in the engine, it'll just pick up that much more heat. So this, yeah. we, we expect to see maybe a little bit higher temperatures on your gauge when you run this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, most times Evans will run at the same temperature, but probably 25, 30% of the time we, we hear people back saying, hey, it's running a little warmer. It's running uh, 10, 15 degrees warmer. And yeah, so you, you may see that, but I think a, to the earlier point when it, continues to do its job. It's acting like a sponge. It's pulling that heat out, absorbing the heat. Where the coolant temperature may be warmer, the metal temperature will be lower and more under control. Is, it, is this a fair statement? And um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when it comes to full synthetic motor oils, you know, you pay a little extra, but you don't change them your oil is off and it's better for your engine and then you don't have the cost of every 3,000 miles or 5,000 miles. You can go quite a bit further yeah. than that. Does that sort of apply to this waterless Evans coolant system? Is it is it a fair statement or analogy to make or comparison to make? It's a good analogy, actually. It's the same idea. You're right. Because Evans will last. I mean, it, it could last the life of your engine. I mentioned Jay's had it in his cars for 20 years without changing it. If a car is sitting for a long time um, and it's not subjected to, you know, contaminants and other coolant perhaps being added in mistakenly or somebody topping off with water, it will last a very long time. You will change it less often without those corrosive effects. So same idea as a synthetic oil. You'll, the duration, its life will just be extended that much longer. How yeah. does it go in terms of racing applications uh, we do a little bit of racing, and, you know, they don't obviously let you run coolant, uh, traditional coolant out there, because if something goes wrong, everyone's going to be sliding around the track all over the place. Uh, so they must have some sort of certification or something of like what you can run and what you can't run. How does that work? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, because we're asked that all the time. Um, Evans is a glycol-based 
you know, coolant, and it's as just as slippery, so it's just as hard to clean up. It's, it's no easier to clean up, or no more difficult than water-based coolant. But and the NHRA, uh, since last July, July of 17, has now approved it for use on the tracks. And you might say, well, wait a second, if, if it's just as slippery and just as difficult to clean up, why would Evans be allowed to be used on those NHRA tracks? The difference is the pressure. And if you think about it, Evans running at maybe two, maybe four pounds of pressure at the most, even under those extreme conditions. Now, those four pounds of pressure will mean a couple things. No vapor buildup, no pressure. The likelihood of Evans getting on the track is lowered by so much. And if they did bust a hose and you got coolant on track, it's going to be a little drip, not a high-pressure, high-volume spray. So the amount of coolant may be a small two-inch puddle versus a big explosion of coolant. So the risk has been mitigated by so much, the NHRA decided to make an exception and allow Evans for use in NHRA tracks. That's a very uh, satisfying answer. Yeah. I love a satisfying answer. <laughs> so now it makes me wonder, do I have to, if I'm building, you know, if I'm building my muscle car or something, uh, or your, your race car, do you, do you change the cap? Do you change the pressure of your radiator cap? There's no real need to do that. Um, I mean, most people around is running a 16-pound cap. Um, we'd say, hey, you could go as low as a 7-pound cap, you know, without any issues, and you probably won't notice any difference because the cap is reactive to the pressure generated, and if you're only going to generate 4 or 5 pounds of pressure, the 16-pound cap is fine. Some people say, well, why don't I go to a 4-pound cap? Well, leave a little margin there, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You have a seven-pound cap is fine because if you did generate up to four pounds, you're, you you may generate enough vapor to lose coolant. Unlikely, but seven-pound cap, but no real need to make that change. So you're a Duesenberg guy. Um, you must appreciate uh, Leno's. You can probably see his one that got rescued from that garage just sort of up the street, literally. Yeah. That yeah. house, you know, if you ever see that, it wasn't Jay Leno's garage back then. I just think it was, um, I don't know, some MSNBC or some show, you know, captured captured at the History Channel or something. You ever see that one, Matt? Oh, I think it was on Rides. Was Maybe it, it was, was on it Rides. Of Rides. It was funny because I always used to run into Jay at the automotive bookstore that was in Burbank. And he used to hang out there. You guys are nerds. <laughs> and I'd come by there. <laughs> I'd pick him a book on P-51s yeah. called Death from the Sky. And then he'd show me his Duesenberg book. And, we, <laughs> and I, I still, it was back Share before, you know, it was before the internet. He'd be sitting around there. It was a hard, it was a group for a hardcore dude. Yeah. Now, little yeah. did we know this Duesenberg was sitting in this garage with because of earthquake damage, the garage door had been jammed for years, and mm-hmm. it was literally up the street. Like, while Jay, the world's greatest Duesenberg lover, second to Mike, but with a, with a, but with a checking with a account. Bu- with a budget. <laughs> like Mike with money. And he was standing in that bookstore every weekend, yeah. not knowing that, I mean, literally down the street in a a super unpredictable, I mean, a house that would never have a Duesenberg, like, you know, 1,200 yeah. square foot stucco box in, in the valley where I grew up. And there it is, just up the street, like 200 feet away, there's a Duesenberg <laughs> sitting in the garage. Somehow Jay gets wind of it and goes there and pries the thing open. 
and left it, you know, rebuilt the motor and everything and, and put the uh, Evans coolant in it, but never painted it or restored the yeah. chrome or, or any of that. And I imagine that's one of the rigs that uh, possesses the Evans coolant as I'm we sure. speak, yes? Yeah, and he's got it in the, I think it's the 1931. I mean, of course, he's got the green one and the blue one, and if you've seen those right there in a row. And, uh, you know, it's funny, we check the coolant in there every year or two when I go down there for some reason or another, and the coolant looks like it's, you know, day it's put in. But those cars are just so beautiful. They're just such a work of art, you know. And uh, I know Jay's even said before that sometimes they would take the body off of those Duesenbergs because people didn't like them back then. They were kind of boxy, but... Looking back, they're just—I think—they're just a work of art. I like uh, Mike. I like his reasoning for going to Jay's garage every year. I got to swing by and check the coolant in your Duesenberg, and you're like, it, it lasts twenty years. <laughs> you're going to go there and be like, we just heard on Carcass, you said it lasts twenty years. <laughs> it's like, what are you coming over here for? <laughs> I got to check the sodas in his cooler. That's why I go. <laughs> it's not right. the coolant. Yeah. He's got the big old cooler right by the yeah. rolling door. Uh, yeah, that's the Model X in the garage for 50 years. Uh, my problem with when I watch these shows, and Max Pat, I don't know if you can figure out where that house was in relationship to, like, Burbank and that bookstore, which is like Burbank and Magnolia, but it was literally down the street. My bigger problem with all those shows, like, first I'm delighted. Like, then I see the adult daughter who goes, I've lived in this house for 49 years. I had no idea that my dad had a Duesenberg in the garage. And I'm like, I guess you guys were pretty close, huh? You go to a lot of Dodger games? Like, I always want to just delve into their relationship and what went wrong. Right. Why you never thought to go in the garage? Not Jay. Never... Jay's like, yeah, good for you. Now like, we're going to pull the car out. But not. Yeah, stop talking. But Let's not. go. <laughs> just a few miles from from uh, NBC Studios. A few miles from NBC Studios, yeah. right. But the bookstore is a few miles from NBC Studios, too. So it's right there. And Jay, like, <laughs> literally drove past that thing. You know what makes me want to do? Makes me want to kick in every door and yell, what's in the garage? <laughs> what's in the garage? You got a mirror in there? Who lives here? Show it to me. And well, the- <laughs> you can start with, how close are you to your parents? You can start with that, that question. Close. So my dad, <laughs> wait a minute, I gotta get to my dad's house. <laughs> That's He's right. got a Honda CRV from 1987 oh. in there. Yeah, with a cloth interior. Uh, Evans Coolant is the name. The uh, website, evanscoolant.com, is where you go, and you can find out all about it uh, there. We love the product, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Our, our pleasure. And, yeah, interesting. I never really thought about that. But if you got the Duesenberg and you're going to be parking it for 20 years— um, you can't just have a bunch of tap water sitting in that uh, radiator, can you? And in the block and, and beyond. No. 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 You want yeah, the good so, stuff. So mm. this guy wouldn't tell Lena what was in the garage. Lena just knew something was in it. He'd even, like, take him around, you know, for rides in his Stanley steamer and everything, trying to, you know, win him over. Still wouldn't still wouldn't say do it until he moved away to a retirement home. And then he finally was like, all right, oh. you can see what's in the garage. And his daughter showed Leno. He, she hasn't even been in the garage for 50 years. She always just knew an old car was in it. That's what I'm saying about the relationship. What kind of back and forth do you have with your dad when he's got a priceless Duesenberg? Yeah. And I'm telling you, this house, you know those broken down valley houses? Yeah. Like with yeah. the swamp cooler and the bad stucco and 1,200 square foot and the dead lawn? That's the house. 
I mean, literally, yeah. you're living in a house, and the, the the car that's in the garage is worth more than the house you're living in, and the old man's not sharing the good news? Yeah. There are newspapers stacked up in there saying, World War II's over. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or will be soon. It will be over that's soon. That's right. You think Jay kind of like Fast and Furious 1, like on the roof of the garage to sneak in to find like the Hondas with the missing engines? Like, How did he know something was in there? Like yes. in the middle of the night, he put Six on his cents. black denim, and then he, he kind <laughs> yeah. of went up on the roof and stuck <laughs> yeah, dropped down. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 13 ever built, four, only four exist now. What do you... Let's see if we can find out what that car may be worth, because that is... I don't, I don't know that car culture. I mean, you could tell me, that car's worth a million dollars. I'd go, oh, okay. And you could go, that car's worth $15 million. I'd go, oh, yeah. okay. I, I would imagine it's... Closer to 15 than it is to one. I'm going to go ahead and remove one from the, my <laughs> estimate. But you could tell me, you could tell me, it was, you know, between four and six, and I'd go, oh, okay. But four left on the planet? Yeah. It's a doozy. Let me tell you about Zybar. Revolutionary new product. Our CarCast team is excited about mm-hmm. these guys over at Zybar. Ultra thin coating for manifolds, headers, turbos, tailpipes, mufflers, tips. 0.001 inch thickness reduces radiant heat by 90%. The first DIY thermal control coating of its kind. Nobody else has uh, come up with this product before this time. Non-corrosive, doesn't break down, even in 2,000 degree environments. Makes uh, wraps, shields, and expensive ceramic coatings obsolete. Well, that's good. I don't like seeing the stuff wrapped in that weird fire hose stuff. <laughs> bothers yeah. me a little bit. Comes with four. Uh, comes in four awesome colors: bronze, midnight black, cast silver, and Porsche gray. They'll make your engine a showpiece. So let's get going. Available for purchase at Zycoat Zycoat dot com and many auto parts retail locations as well. Put Zybar on. Take heat off. Uh, right. Adam, I, I yes. have to ask, because right before you, you hit that spot, you said, uh, only 13 ever built. That's a doozy, which is it, what that comes from. Doozy is a Duesenberg, like the phrase. So I don't know if you did that on purpose or not. Yeah, I did. Okay, just making sure. I'm not you. I don't know. I just <laughs> want to make sure. Um, I can't find any value for How this. How often do you hear me say that's a doozy? I guess you're right. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, you didn't. You didn't make a face. So I wondered if you knew. <laughs> if I stopped and marveled at all my majesty, I'd never be able to leave the house in the morning. I'd I just don't be leave standing the house in, the morning. in front of a full length mirror, nude, marveling. <laughs> yeah. just, just, you should try. I'd that. never stop marveling. You, you might have a good time. <laughs> but I'd be so I'd be so wrapped up in marveling that I couldn't get on with hugging my kids and living my life. You know what That's I mean? True. Yeah. See what I'm saying? It's a sacrifice you have to. I make. don't have time to stop and marvel. It's a burden. You should <laughs> you should? It's a burden. I'll do all thank the God, only you. you have to bear. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just said it's a doozy. It's a throwaway to the Duesenberg <laughs> thing. All right, I'm going to tell you guys about Castrol Edge. Mm. Heat, friction, and viscosity break down and rob your engine of maximum performance. Friction results in a loss of performance of up to ten percent. Castrol Edge is engineered with fluid titanium technology. It physically transforms to be stronger under pressure. This helps fight friction and delivers maximum levels of performance from your car. It's three times stronger against viscosity breakdown than leading oils. Three times. 3X. Castrol Edge. Unlock the true performance in your car's engine. 
All right, so what are you driven? What's coming up for you? That's a good question. You made we me have... have a dream last night that I was driving yeah, I a Pantera and it overheated. <laughs> Not if it had uh, Evans water was coolant. <laughs> and the other dream you made me have last night, although I don't know why I blame you for this one, but I do. I was like in another part of the country and somebody made me like for like some biker build-off show or something like some custom hog, like that Orange County Choppers or something, the big gas tank and the par- bars pulled back. And I was thinking of those, um, what we call those, uh, oh, damn it. Um, oh, we just had Tom Berenger talking about, uh, not the shelf, uh, the hog, the dressers. It was a dresser. Mm, yeah. It's a full dresser like hog with the side yeah, yeah, bags yeah. and the things and the stuff and everything. But it's like custom dresser. And it's like, oh, we built you a custom dresser, like full dress, dresser, custom, you know, whatever. And I was like having to drive it home from like the East Coast or something. And I found myself having to like traverse through things and like at some point go down a couple of stairs and stuff like that. And like pieces <laughs> were breaking off and it was getting stuck everywhere. And I was having to like trying to pull it. And I was like, God damn it. I just want a BMW. Like, yeah. you know, all-terrain, whatever, enduro, whatever they call them now, just something from Germany, something that looks stupid but works really good. Yeah. And I got this stupid big dresser. And I remember, like, it's my life in a nutshell. It's like thinking, like, I don't want all this shit. I don't want this big, bulky, stupid thing. I don't want people looking at me. I just want something I can get down the road in and something's going to work. Why are you steps? You had, like, a born identity thing? <laughs> it's a born identity I, crisis I in, was the like, of, in the middle of your, I was your like, hog driving I was, like, stopped in New Mexico or something, and we were, like, at some point, like, come up here and eat tacos or something. Like, we went up, and then I was, like, how do I get back down to the road? And they're, like, go down there and then through there. Next thing I was, like, kind of going down a path. Yeah. I was probably thinking about mike august when he stole the wheelbarrow from the marina and he was pushing all our stuff across the bridge and then we we're like oh we got to go down the steps to get off the bridge onto the cruise ship or whatever and i was like oh now i gotta get the hog down these steps and i was like and like it was getting scratched up and like pieces were busting off and i was like so pissed off and i was just like that next time just give me a bmw 1000 if we build you a custom bike, you got to put a Datsun engine in it. You, you got to do a, little, a Datsun version of the Boss Haas V8 bike. You know the big. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a four, there's like a 428 Cobra jet in like a three wheeler that was like you yeah. know back when everyone had one crazy guy in a custom van. Yeah. One crazy guy who turned his VW Bug into a steak bed pickup truck. And then one crazy guy that had the three-wheeler with the crazy, like, 428 Cobra jet or something. And, like, there's always the couple crazy neighborhood guys. So you're yeah. like, oh, that guy's nuts. Look at him. <laughs> His V8 motorcycle. Right. So yeah. I uh, I was having that dream. And, and all, all those hogs, like the crazy ape hanger bars and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. they're the opposite of everything I'm about. Like, I just think, yeah. what a pain in the ass. Who'd ever want to drive that thing? There's no suspension in it. You no, know, like, that reminds me. We've got to get Lorenzo Lamas back in here. That's true. <laughs> the renegade. Well, if we can get him to... He's still traveling the Badlands. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a picture of Mike August with his he wheel He stole belt. a cart from the marina. <laughs> I love that story. Alan told me that story, and I was like, yep, that's perfect. That's <laughs> he, stole it. he stole it. And a guy yelled at him, that's not for you. And he's like, no, it we'll is. We'll bring it back. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. <laughs> Mike dealing with angered strangers is my favorite thing. Oh, man. Well, he doesn't, 
you know, most people have an end game fear, which is physically fighting the person in the street, right? So if you're, if your end game fear is this thing, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the end game fear is being audited by the IRS. So you make moves before that where you're like, well, I think I'm going to write my kid's room off as a as a work office, a homework office or something. Yeah. You make little moves, but the end game is being audited and nobody wants to be audited. So you have to stop along the way and make these decisions. Like, I think I could claim this as a work a work office. I don't think there's any, but I'm not going to write off our vacation to Hawaii because right. then Calculated. I'm going to get audited. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because me and my kids, it's not a work vacation. All right, fine. Mike has no fear of being audited, <laughs> yeah. no. which is basically he has no fear of the street fight. So everything that leads up <laughs> to the street fight never slows him down. You know what I mean? Because he will physically fight it, strangers in the street. Which true he story, though, he, he never skips a step. He never skips a beat in that whole thing. The funniest story is in Chichester when he's driving the van and he's going down like the wrong way on the street. And everybody is so nice. And he's got his window down and the little old woman in her car like a foot below because when the van goes, excuse me, sir, you can't go this way. He goes, shut up. <laughs> and keeps going. And she's got this look like what what happened i was just trying he's like shut up that is literally an ugly we we cried we literally cried we were laughing so hard (laughs) because he just that poor little woman she was so nice everyone was nice all right all right we got one more yeah hold on hold on give me one more uh email question sure this is curtis from portland uh he writes hey guys curious how or if adam and matt wash their own cars what's their technique I'm assuming Adam does get all crazy items and just keeps it simple. No, I'm I'm the dude who and I have farmed out that I, I have basically I have a list of stuff that's not worth my while that I just farm out, have other people do, and then I have a list of stuff that is worth my while, and then I have a weird list of stuff that's not worth my while, but I do it anyway because I'm wired that way. Like I I don't mind throwing money at wa- at people washing. So washing cars. the cars out, but like hanging a shelf. Hanging a shelf, I will do myself. And I also have weird rules. Like we just got off a boat, and we were there for three or four days. And guess who never ordered room service once? Even though I was in the king suite, yeah, I don't order room service because that's not for me. Okay, it, you it, probably had cruise bucks that didn't get used, and now I'm bummed. Right, <laughs> I, I will not order room service because I'm not a room service dude. Okay, I, I they, they can fly me. Uh, match game can fly me to New York to stay in a nice hotel for a night, and I won't order room service even if I don't eat dinner and get there that night because I'm not. I don't do room service. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't pay. I won't give them Alec Baldwin's money. I don't have people bring me food, like. I've done it on weird, rare, very rare occasion where the schedule is just such a way that there's no other possible way you're going to have eggs unless you, you right. do it. You, but you I see that as like, a necessity, not a luxury. You don't care to have – you want to sit in a booth and get a steak. What if they brought the booth to the room? Ooh. And I also do. I do I do want to go to the booth and eat the room uh, – eat the steak. Sorry. I don't want to sit in the room and like yeah. sort of eat alone. But yeah. also I'm not – I just – uh, my wife just I come into the room there's like room service everywhere and I'll go like what's going on we're hungry it's like oh go down to the cafeteria then go eat the, at the go yeah. eat in the lobby and they're like we want to eat here 
And it's like everyone finished half their pancakes and half their whatever. And, you know, there's $12 worth of orange juice that someone took two hits (laughs) off. I like the walk. I like the walk and I like to see what's going on. So, like, going to get a bite is like a reason to check something out. Like, just go walk. I will say this. Um, I, uh, so I'll just tell Rob, you know, hey, Rob, Clint, rinse off the car, wipe the car down or mm-hmm. whatever it is, or gas it up. I don't gas up the car very rarely, that kind of stuff. It's just, it's, it's try to think of things. I literally, when I go for a walk, when my fingernails need to be cut and I'm going, and I'm going for a walk, I take my fingernail clippers with me and I'm going to walk the dog, talk to Matt about business on the phone and clip my fingernails because it feels to me like a waste of time to just sit on the toilet and cut my fingernails. Yeah, it's, it sounds like you're not really paying for the service. You're paying for the time that you gain yeah. from not doing it yourself. Time right. is everything. Right. All right. Time is everything. That being said, go wash my car, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do occasionally wash the car. And when I, when I take the car to the wash... Uh, which I don't do that often, I have them do the hand wash. I'm not a big fan of the machine with the big flappy thing spinning around in the circle, and uh, I just like to do the hand wash. Yeah, but, better detail. Yeah. I watched uh, a and movie. I, don't want to scratch and I watched stuff. a movie, Car Wash, the other day. Yeah. Took place in LA, all black cast. <gasps> when's, the, when's the last time you see a car wash in Los Angeles with a black dude, much less 13 black dudes <laughs> working at a car wash? You would never see that in L.A. I know. Ever again, that's right? Odd. If you ever see, I've never seen one black guy work at it. This was an all-black cast. It was called Car Wash. And it wasn't like Soul Train or something or Soul Plane, where it's like we do an all-black airplane, and you go, oh, that's odd, or that's different. Nobody said anything. It was like, yeah, black guys work at the car wash. They're playing yeah. that off. That's that's how it was. Who wrote if they the did movie? do the all-Mexican car wash I would that, that wouldn't even that wouldn't even fly, right? But what I'm saying is, is in 1977, <laughs> when they made the movie Car Wash, and they did the all black cast of the movie Car Wash in downtown L.A., it wasn't like, oh, we're doing a black version of this. Yeah. It was like this is who you would find working at a car wash, yeah. in like the barbershop movies or something in downtown L.A. Yeah, yeah, that was like oh, it was a barbershop. Yeah, yeah. Just black like. Except for if every barbershop was black, and that's how it was back then. All right, go ahead. All right, so Geico, everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off dry cleaning, you pick up some milk, you can add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list, and you don't have to pick up or drop off anything. If you just go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. You should go to Geico.com. All right, Geico. Uh, Phoenix, stand-up live, coming up October 27th, basic cable commentary. Me and the unflappable Mike August up on stage. Wow. Anaheim Grove, November 30th, live podcast with Rob Riggle as well. And go to Chassis and Pluto TV and see what we got to offer you. Adam Corolla goes racing, Motor Trend. Lots of good stuff there with Matt featured as well. Matt, what do you got? Uh, you can check us out uh, on our social media. You can follow me at Motorator. I keep posting images, and you'll see a picture of that Lightsinger car. Yeah, I like it when you people tweet us pictures, and we'll answer it and all that kind of yep. stuff. So until next time, Santa Corolla for Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea, saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wind. 
for the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. 